From Schwartz Media, I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. Dr Charlie Teo is known for his incredible brain surgeries, taking on operations that other doctors won't touch. But now, several families have come forward who allege they were misled about the risks and that Teo's operations left their loved ones worse off than before. Teo denies any wrongdoing and says he treats his patients like he would want to be treated. But there's another player in this story that hasn't been subject to scrutiny, the news media. Today, contributor to The Monthly, Martin Mackenzie Murray, on Dr Charlie Teo and how the media built the image of a maverick miracle worker. It's Thursday, November 17. So, Marty, Charlie Teo is the most famous neurosurgeon in Australia. He's world famous even. To begin with, can you just tell me a bit about who he is and and how he built his career and, and reputation? Sure. He's a gifted neurosurgeon and his peers and critics admit that much to me. The problem with Teo is not his skillfulness. He has good hands, they say. But within Australia, he has developed a quite extraordinary reputation and in large measure has cultivated the media and the media have enjoyed for a very long time, I think, making a saint of him. He's an extraordinary Australian. Dr. Charlie Teo is certainly never also shy about giving his opinion. This fellow is a quality human being. Describing Dr. Charlie Teo as a world-renowned neurosurgeon falls short of what this bloke has achieved. Despite his critics, he has performed life-saving surgery on many people suffering from brain tumours. Neurosurgeon Dr. Charlie Teo is with us this morning. Charlie, it's always good to see you, mate. So tell us about this. Teo's reputation has been considerable for a long time. You may have read any number of uh, fawning profiles in in newspapers has appeared uh, on radio and TV a lot. Why don't you have a car? Well, I tried cars. You know, I even had a nice car in America. I had a Porsche in America and uh, to try and get rid of the the motorbike bug. But no, (laughs) once you've got the motorbike bug, it's there forever. He was a subject of Australian story, a current affair, numerous stories about, and very uh, positive stories about Charlie Teo. Dr. Charlie Teo is one of Australia's leading neurosurgeons with an international reputation for doing radical surgery on tumours that other surgeons consider inoperable. I would suggest he's the only neurosurgeon that the average person could name. It's not that there aren't other gifted neurosurgeons um, as, if not more gifted than Charlie Teo, but Teo has for a long time cultivated a quite extraordinary profile and status in this country. And part of that reputation has been his willingness to operate on very risky tumours. And that's part of his reputation, which he attributes to having greater skill to operate on tumours that other specialists have deemed inoperable. Okay, so we have the image then of this incredibly gifted surgeon who doesn't necessarily play by the rules, but you know, nevertheless manages to achieve these amazing outcomes for patients. Can you tell me when you first started to hear that there might be a bit more going on to the story of, of Charlie Teo? What kinds of things began to circulate about him and what were you told? 
So in 2017, I think it was, I received a handwritten letter from a senior neurosurgeon. What did it say? There was a lot to it, but I'll run through a few of them. One is that Charlie Teo accepts too high a risk for too many surgeries. So when he says that he operates on tumors that have been deemed inoperable, what inoperable means is not that it's physically impossible to operate. It is. What inoperable means is that after lengthy consultations, multiple specialists, um, a, a calculation has been determined. It's, and that is that the costs outweigh the benefits. So if you're talking a very aggressive malignant brain tumor, the prognosis is not good. So a cost-benefit analysis might be, okay, we can operate. It'll be extremely risky. The, the chances of catastrophic failure, so rendering the patient uh, dead or paralyzed or vegetative, um, is considerably high. For what benefit? Well, possibly extending life by a few months. So that's what inoperable basically means. And this neurosurgeon, and I should say there's, you know, overwhelming kind of consensus amongst neurosurgeons about Charlie Teo and these grievances, is that he assumes much, much too high a risk. And the second grievance is kind of related to that, which is that Teo has self-interestedly kind of confused the word inoperable. And depending on which year and which interview he's conducted, it can be as explicit as him saying that other surgeons have refused to operate because they have inferior skills to him or are, in fact, cowardly or scared. He's been that kind of explicit. And he said something along those lines in 2007, and it so incensed the Neurosurgical Society of Australasia that they took out a full-page ad rejecting this and saying that, Classifying a brain, brain tumor as inoperable is not a sign of fear or incapability. A third grievance with Charlie Teo is that he's long boasted of superior outcomes, and yet he doesn't publish an audit of his outcomes. So it's not subject to peer scrutiny. Other surgeons do this. They publish a, an audit, good and bad. So that's a summary of, of some of the professional grievances against Charlie Teo. Mm. So there's litany of concerns then that are laid out to you back in 2017. Can you tell me a bit more about what's happened since then? Because we've seen more reporting emerge, more stories, but I think a lot of what's come out really echoes many of the, the things that were in that note to you that was back in 2017. Yeah, so things became a bit graver with Charlie Teo last year. So complaints, and we don't know the specifics, um, were made to the New South Wales Medical Council. They convened an extraordinary meeting. And for that to happen, uh, they believe that there's a possibility that the public is at risk. And the New South Wales Medical Council effectively outlawed TO from operating on brain tumors in Australia unless certain conditions are met. And that includes an independent neurosurgeon confirming, uh, guaranteeing, that patients have had all material risks described to them and that Charlie Teo has acquired from them informed financial consent. And this goes back to another grievance about Charlie Teo is that when people are that profoundly desperate and we're dealing with something of such complexity as brain surgery, what 
kind of consent can be given. Charlie T always talks about patient autonomy and saying, who am I to deny someone what they want? Others say consent in this space with that desperation is kind of difficult to acquire. So we fast forward to the last month. When it comes to performing highly complicated, often life or death brain surgery, Dr. Charlie Teo makes a proud boast. He is the best in the business. Kate McClymont and others in a joint investigation have run a number of stories about Teo. But tonight, Kate McClymont, the Sydney Morning Herald's chief investigative reporter, looks at another side of Charlie Teo and reveals the dreadful... There was one exquisitely sad story about an Indian family uh, whose young boy had an aggressive, inoperable tumour. His prognosis was grim. Local neurosurgeons had confirmed that it was a diffuse tumour and it was inoperable. They were desperate. And they had heard the reporting about this great miracle worker, Charlie Teo, in Australia. Dr. Sarli told us that we'll get normal and healthy Mikolas back. That's why we agreed with this risk. So the father contacted Teo, and Teo assured them that it could be operated on and that it would likely be curative. Persuaded by Dr. Teo there was a good chance the surgery would cure his son, Prasanta opted to have the operation for $80,000 in Singapore. They spent their life savings to have this surgery with Charlie Teo in Singapore. He was playing with this, his toys, and uh, at that time we told him that uh, there will be a big fight tomorrow. Uh, there's something inside your brain, something inside your head, so that bad things will be taken out, and after that you will be okay again. It went as most neurosurgeons would expect it to, which was catastrophically bad. It rendered this young boy mute, incapable of speech, incapable of eating, incapable of moving for the last few months of his life. He was bedridden. Uh, he cannot move his leg or hands. Doctors said it's like a vegetative state. The family never saw Charlie Teo again and are obviously riddled with guilt. Their boy would have died anyway, but the last few months, he could have at least spoken to them, eaten on his own, walked. Charlie Teo denies any negligence or malpractice. There have been bad outcomes, but as he says, and it's true, all neurosurgeons, given the complexity of what they do, will have bad outcomes. So this is the kind of catastrophic outcomes that critics of Charlie Teo had been warning of for some years now. We'll be back in a moment. As a 7am listener, you're already familiar with many of the journalists who work for The Saturday Paper. For a limited time, subscribe to Australia's leading independent news source, The Saturday Paper, and you'll receive The Saturday Paper's stainless steel coffee cup, made in collaboration with Fresco, for free. Subscribe from just $2.10 a week. Simply visit thesaturdaypaper.com.au forward slash offer. For Sloane Crosley, writing about the loss of a friend may not have provided catharsis, but it did allow for the possibility of a better ending. Like you have this amazing meal that's this friendship and then you have a really, 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 really bad dessert with shards of glass in it. And then like the book is like, you know, those little chunks of chocolate that come with the bill. 
I'm Michael Williams. Join me for this week's episode of Read This as I talk to Sloane Crosley about her latest, Grief is for People. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Will the real Charlie Teo please stand up? Australia's most famous neurosurgeon is also the most polarising. If you watched 60 Minutes on Sunday, you might think he's a dangerous maverick who has no place in an operating theatre. And so as these stories have come out, these stories that that really complicate or, or contradict the, the image of Charlie Teo as this miracle worker, what kind of response have we seen from, from him? Countless patients say he's their miracle lifesaver. I sat down with him today. Charlie Teo, thank you for your time. It's a pleasure. You are probably... Charlie Teo gave an obviously defensive interview um, with Tracy Grimshaw on a current affair. And in the end, he agreed that the tumour in the case study I just gave was, in fact, diffuse, that he believed gave reasons for uh, why he thought it was perhaps operable. He said he would still do it again. One interesting thing about that interview, and I've seen this time and time again with Charlie Teo, is his gift at seeming fulsome and articulate in his self-reckoning. But I don't think that's the case. What I mean by that is Grimshaw opens her interview by saying... You have performed thousands of surgeries, you have lots of happy patients, and you've saved lives, and yet you are outlawed by the medical establishment in Australia. Whose fault is that? I mean, I'd like to say it's everyone else's fault except for mine, but I've got to take some blame for it. And at that point, I thought, and we may, the audience may have thought that what was coming, what was going to follow that was an admission or some very painful and intimate self-reckoning. But what he, in fact, admitted to was being poor at diplomacy. I mean, I don't do diplomacy well. I think I'm good, and so I'm not scared to say that. Uh, So I've got to take some blame for it, but... It's not all my fault. And this is a recurring theme with Teo and with the media, and that is criticism of him is in fact the result of professional envy. They resent his superiority and they resent his large public profile. And this kind of sick, malignant professional envy has conspired against him for a very, very, very long time. It's tall poppy syndrome, in other words. And There's a huge problem with this. It's rarely about medical ethics, but instead becomes culture wars. And Charlie Terry has become a totem, I think, of uh, the maverick who shrugs off political correctness and his more cautious and jealous peers try and tear him down. That's the Charlie Terry story. But in fact, the substance of the controversy is much more interesting and much more important. Mm. And it does seem at this moment in time, as though there are just as many journalists willing to defend Charlie Teo as as there are journalists who are willing to investigate things that might have happened to his patients. So can you talk to me a bit about that? Yeah, I think he's done a wonderful job at cultivating the media and he has been the beneficiary of so much of the media's reporting. Charlie Teo joins us now in the studio. Charlie, good morning to you. Good morning. Charlie Teo has a foundation named for him that he set up 
It has a number of celebrity ambassadors. Uh, just before we get um, cracking, I uh, just wanted to say too and acknowledge that both Alex and I are ambassadors uh, for the Charlie Teo Foundation uh, and will continue to be so. These are literal ambassadors for Charlie Teo who have conducted interviews and defended him very vocally and explicitly in public. Um, in, in light of that, in light of these stories, um, this, is, this is all so painful all round. Why haven't you thrown in the towel? Completely unmoved by the very obvious conflict of interest here. I have no doubt that they're sincere in their faith in Charlie Teo, but the conflict of interest is gross and obvious. There are great breakthroughs that can come through, through medical experimentation. How much of your operations have been experimental, have ridden that finest of lines, the millimetre lines between experimental and saving someone's life. Yeah, so again, you can call it experimental if you will, but as long as you make sure the patients are well-informed. And one other thing I'll note, there's, there's been so much fawning treatment of Charlie Teo over the years. One example uh, is a lengthy profile in the Sydney Morning Herald in 2007, and the author concludes in it that Charlie Teo's ultimate problem or worst problem might be simply that he lacks political nous. Well, I would suggest that his very successful cultivation of the media suggests the opposite, suggests he's very good at politics, in fact. Mm. And it's no stretch to imagine that patients and families of patients have gone straight to Charlie Teo for treatment, in part because of the way the media has portrayed him as this miracle worker. So ultimately, what responsibility do you think lies with media institutions when we consider the outcomes for those families? The media is largely witless. I think media logic is determined by tropes and very old ones. So rise and fall, arcs of redemption, David v. Goliath. In Charlie Teo's case, it's, it's the brilliant man who's besieged by political correctness. The media love that story. And the media have preferred telling that story and creating a saint to examining uh, what are very grave, interesting, rich, complex stories of ethics. The problem with this now is that Charlie Teo is this kind of, for many, untouchable saint. Um, if you criticize him publicly, it generates extraordinary public outrage. This is a creation of, of the media who have very credulously gone along for the riot and ignored the very grave essence of, of the complaints made against Charlie Teo, I can assure you that neurosurgeons aren't all infected by this malevolent professional jealousy. Um, I've spoken with many now, and they're very bright and sober people, and their complaints and their grievances are sincere. But these have been overlooked by the media for a very, very, very long time in favor of making a saint, in favor of telling the story of the maverick being uh, torn down, the tall poppy being torn down. Mm. Marty, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Ruby. With award-winning news coverage and reviews, the Saturday paper is essential reading for everybody. For a limited time, subscribe to a year of our quality, independent journalism and you'll receive the Saturday Paper's stainless steel coffee cup made in collaboration with Fresco for free. Subscribe from just $2.10 a week. Simply visit thesaturdaypaper.com.au forward slash offer. The Saturday Paper. No hot takes.
also in the news today. But we always have known that this was not the end. It was only the beginning of our fight to rescue the American dream. Donald Trump has announced his campaign to be the Republican nominee for US president in 2024. In order to make America great and glorious again, I am tonight announcing my candidacy for President of the United States. Tonight's announcement sets up a fierce contest for the nomination of a divided Republican Party, with right-wing Florida governor and former Trump ally Ron DeSantis tipped to enter the race as a frontrunner. And at least one Russian-manufactured missile has landed inside Poland near the border with Ukraine, killing two people. U.S. intelligence officials told the Associated Press yesterday that early investigations suggest the missile was a Ukrainian missile fired in an attempt to intercept a Russian one. I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. See you tomorrow.